Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. And today, I hope you hear this conversation with David Kim. Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. And we have yet another special guest. And just a disclaimer, this is... Well, before I get into the disclaimer, uh, we have uh, Mr. David Kim. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> David, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Um, th- so this is a disclaimer. We actually recorded an episode last week mm-hmm. um but the conditions were all really bad uh, david wasn't feeling well um, i was super excited so i just started doing like a rapid fire questioning session um so it, it was kind of all over the place and, and we just decided why don't mm-hmm. we just re-record it um and you know since we're all about authenticity here uh, we decided to let you guys know just so just so yeah. you're aware um, because in, in a lot of the podcast, I actually find out a lot of things about the guest during the podcast. Mm-hmm. So my reaction is, oh, really? And I try to dig deeper. Um, but just because we talked once through it, um, I don't know if we'll have a lot of those today. I'll surprise you. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, so yeah, uh, before we get into kind of uh, talking about your life, because mm-hmm. I feel like you have an interesting life, can you just give us a brief introduction of, of who you are, what you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, both of your vocations um, and just, you know, your family life and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is David Kim again. Uh, I During the week, I work as a structural engineer. And on the weekends, I serve at church as the youth director and the worship director at our church. Uh, married to Blair. Mm-hmm. And I have two children, Eli and Zoe. Yes, yes <laughs> so cute. Um, and you're, you're at Han Vision, right? You So you work with yes. Pastor Joe, who was a previous guest on this podcast mm-hmm. let me ask you how is that how is it working with him how is he working with pastor joe yeah because he's so what <laughs> i know of pastor joe is he's such a kind of go by the flow well from what i what i've mm-hmm. observed he's a very kind of go by the flow kind of guy uh what does that mean like go with the like you know how he's just like oh this happened that's okay we'll kind of go with the flow oh that's true uh, he is but I feel like you kind of need more structure. I do. Right. I'm a very structured person. So I think it works well that way because uh, if he wasn't, if he wasn't like that, I feel mm. like it would be too like structured. Mm. So he takes us a little bit more in that way, mm. and I think there's a good balance between like you know if it goes too crazy, right? You know. Oh, that's good. Uh, so you yeah. guys kind of complement each other instead of yeah, uh, like because th- that could be sometimes it can mm-hmm. be a source of tension. You it know. could, but I think the reason it works well is because, uh, well, at least I trust him. I think <laughs> we both have a mutual trust, mm. and so I think that's the main thing, honestly. Because yeah. even if it is going, you know, with the flow or if it is too structured, I think we have a mutual respect for each other right, and trust right. that um, we, you know, it's not just because I want it d- done a certain way. Mm. It's, and especially I, the reason it works, I think, for me is because I know that if he's doing something, it's because he has like a really strong conviction mm. that it should be done that way. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think that's why it works well. I see. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one of the questions I did not ask previously. <laughs> <laughs> um, so gotcha. yeah, you, so you have an interesting upbringing because, uh, you are, you're not exactly a Korean American, right? You're Cor- right. You're like a Korean Brazilian American. Right. right. So you, you grew up in Brazil. I did grow up in Brazil. How, how did that happen? <coughs> because, well, interesting fact, 
two episodes before you, we had a guest mm-hmm. named Danny. Yes. And his wife is from Brazil. I know. Yeah. And we talked about it. You don't know her. That's that's kind of surprising. Yeah, yeah. That is surprising. But I mean, I guess you told me she came here earlier, right? Yeah. yeah she when said, she was younger. I think when she was 10. Yeah. So that's probably why. Okay. Yeah. So how did you end up in Brazil? How did your family end up in Brazil? Um, I keep telling this story, but there, I, there might be in a, like not real <laughs> you know, i feel like I'm, I'm drawing things from my memory i'm like oh, I'm sure i think they told me this but uh so the story is long story short my grandfather went to brazil right around the time when my parents were either getting married or had just gotten married mm. because his friend had gone to brazil and, and they were, were they were in korea yes they were all in korea okay so my f- grandfather's friends in brazil and he's like hey come check it out because right now they're giving out um what do you call it I guess you call it green cards here in America, mm-hmm. but something like that, citizenship. I'm not sure what that is. Mm-hmm. But so he went, and then as he went there, he, I'm not sure why, but he told my dad and my mom to come check it out too. Mm. And so he said, hey, just come, try to do something. Mm. Let me, worst case scenario, just go back, you know. Mm. And so they went, they got their, you know, green cards quote unquote and they ended up saying hmm. yeah. so was it like just uh like bu- looking for a business opportunity i think it was yeah i see i see okay um i'm assuming it's just because the conditions in korea at that time weren't that great either mm. and so you know a lot of people went to america and i guess that was just another place right right so <laughs> your so your parents go to brazil mm-hmm. and obviously they found did they start a business they started a business right so they started um, selling clothes. So what they do, what a lot of people do in Brazil is, um, well, a lot of people, I mean, Korean Americans mm. or Korean Brazilians, mm-hmm. um, they become like a cl- wholesale clothing sellers. So I'll mm. go door to door, like each store and be like, hey, I have this, like, you wanna, how much you wanna buy? So that's what they started doing. Mm. Um, and my mom just couldn't do it because it was just so much getting ripped off. Because, you know, uh, they will get them the the product and then like months later is when they pay. I don't know. The system in Brazil is kind of right, right. And so they would, a lot of times they would just have to keep going, ask for money, ask for money. But then money wasn't coming. Yeah. Uh, also, she didn't like the amount of like product that they had to hold, you know, the bulk. Right. Because clothing is all, you know, big. Yeah. When yeah. you bundle it. So they ended up... Um, yeah, not doing that anymore and mm. starting um, uh, women's accessory store. Oh, okay. Importing right from Korea, I think, or China. So importing from somewhere in Asia. Yeah. And selling it retail. Wholesale. Re- wholesale. Yeah. Okay. Wholesale. Okay. But not door to door. Just they had a store, a physical mm. store that would sell, import, mm. and wholesale to other. Yeah. And so, were you born in Brazil? I was born in Brazil. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh. And, and, me and my brother were born in Brazil. Yeah, and you have a younger sister too, right? I do. She wasn't born in Brazil? She was born in Korea. Interesting. Yes. Well, they got you. <laughs> <laughs> that is a surprise. Wait, so just walk me through the timeline because you and your brother, you're uh-huh. like a year or two apart, right? Yes, a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And so during that period, you guys were, obviously your parents were in Brazil. Right. And your sister, <laughs> who is, is it five? Four years younger than me. Yeah, five or four years younger uh-huh. than you. Were your parents living in Korea at the time, or how did uh, how was she born? No, so 
my sister was actually um, upside down in the womb, mm. so they had to do a C- they knew they had to do a C section, uh-huh. and so my mom wasn't comfortable doing it in Brazil, and I so see. she just went to Korea. Oh, yeah. interesting. So does she have like a Korean citizenship? She does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's Korean. oh wow. But you don't, right? I have dual citizenship right now. I'm Korean and Brazilian. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's weird. And and you have a green card in America, right? I do. You're yes. married to a U.S. citizen. Yes. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. That, you have a lot of options. I yeah, I guess so. In case something in case yeah, something yeah, goes case down. Things, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. So that how how was it like uh, growing up in Brazil? Uh, growing up in Brazil was great. Yeah. It was fun. Um, yeah, it was good. Because uh, here, when I grew, so uh-huh. I grew up in LA. Uh-huh. So I grew up in a huge Korean population. Uh-huh. So it wasn't much of a transition going from Korea to LA. Oh, okay. But for you, did you grow up amongst other Brazilian Koreans? Or? Yes. So there is not a huge population, mm. but there is a pretty big population in mm. Brazil of Koreans. Mm. And they all, you know, of course stay together mm. and so you know they, we have kind of a little town kind of like duluth ish a lot mm. smaller obviously i see and all you know church culture korean co- church culture is where i grew up so right. uh, because it's a lot smaller than atlanta or la of course uh, everyone kind of knows each other mm. so that's how the culture is but mm. very similar to here just you know people kind of know each other yeah and one of the things that when we talked the first time that um, kind of interested me mm-hmm. is, uh, well, I guess we'll talk about it in a bit, but you talk about how you came to America for schooling. Mm-hmm. And in fact, so that both of your siblings, right? Yes. But you said one of the reasons was because it's a little dangerous in Brazil. Mm-hmm. So can you explain what that danger was about? Yes. Uh, danger is about people in the streets trying to get you. <laughs> but but um, it's just um, it's just dangerous in general. Meaning you always have to kind of watch your back to mm-hmm. make sure you know don't walk around with your phone out. Like people can come and run and just snatch things from you. Oh wow! Um, so the reason, honestly, nothing ever happened to me. Mm. But my mom has been uh, robbed a couple times in oh, her car. Gosh. So you know when you stop. At a red light, oh. they come and they they have like a spear-looking thing that uh-huh. that'll go through your window, and it has a hook, and uh-huh. they'll like snatch your bag. Yeah, they're wow. really good. They're really skilled. So they yeah. like they did you know they hook your bag and uh-huh. they run away in an instant. So wow, that's happened to my mom. Um, but just in general, it's just very dangerous. Mm. Um, people you know getting robbed is not really um, surprising, mm. uh, which is weird because. One of the things I liked growing up in Brazil was the ability to uh, independ- independently go places. Mm. So because uh, I guess the train system, metro system mm. exists, and it's not good, but it, it exists and goes to everywhere I need to go, yeah. you know, because it's very small. Uh, yeah, kids walk around like since they're like from mm. 12, 13 years old, they're just walking around everywhere and right. like, taking the train. And so it's kind of weird because it's super dangerous, but then at the same time, it's super, you know, mm. independent and the kids are just walking around. Huh. That's interesting. Yes. I mean, because but America was a little bit like that back in back in the day, too, because mm-hmm. I remember when I lived in L.A., mm-hmm. like in Georgia, in the suburbs of Georgia, it's mm-hmm. hard to just walk around because everything's so spaced out. Yes. 
and there's no like public transportation. Right. But in LA where, where I lived, mm-hmm. like, I would walk to the grocery store by myself. I would walk to a Blockbuster. Um, some of the younger mm-hmm. listeners won't even know <laughs> what that is. Yeah, that's uh, pre-Netflix days. Um, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I wonder. It, have you been back to Brazil recently? Uh, last time we went was for a mission trip, I think. Or was it my wedding? Uh, last time was 2015 or 16, I think. Were there still kids kind of walking around independently? Yeah. Oh yeah. They, so they I are. guess that is yeah. different because here it's not so much uh-huh. anymore. Oh, I see. That's that's interesting. So, is the the biggest danger was just people kind of regularly being robbed yeah. wherever. Yeah. So I see. Um. So yeah. <laughs> so you you came to America, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, because mm-hmm. you are here now. Yes. And we alluded to the fact that you you schooled here. Mm-hmm. So, how was that transition from mm-hmm. growing up your entire life in Brazil? Mm-hmm. Suddenly, you're in an American university system mm-hmm. at, at Georgia Tech. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How was that? Um, it was interesting. Well, I did come to the States once before mm-hmm. uh, on sixth grade. So I guess the transition of one country to another wasn't that big. Uh-huh. Uh, so when I came here in sixth grade, which was the first time I came, uh, that transition was really big for me mm-hmm. because I came uh, again by myself and I homestayed, which mm-hmm. is, you know, you stay at a person's house. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you just survive. I, it was a, a year for me and I guess it was a half sixth grade and half seventh grade because oh, so the Brazil school system starts in January. Oh yeah. So yeah. I came when my schooling ended there and which my sixth grade ended or fifth grade ended. Mm-hmm. And then I came here for half of each. I see. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's weird. I think most, I don't want to say most, but like Korea their schooling starts January and mm-hmm. ends in this. Yes. It makes sense because it's the... It does make sense. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. I am very confused every yeah. time. Well, that's one of the things. I'm super confused about American culture. Like, well, why we do that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nobody has the answer. But what... Let's... T- let's. Uh, can you tell the story of uh, what family you stayed with? Yes. Uh, so when I f- came uh, during sixth grade, mm-hmm. I stayed with um, Yu Sung Jin's parents, yeah. which at the time... Uh, well, not a time since it was, there still are yeah. <laughs> the yeah. parents of this super famous Korean singer that um, got banned from Korea, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. So just to give context to people who don't know, Yoo Seung Jin was he's a K-pop star. Mm-hmm. He was one of the most famous at the time. <laughs> at, at his prime, right. by himself, he filled stadiums. And he. I think he even had a following in the other Asian countries. Mm-hmm. And back then, that wasn't... Uh, actually, is, am I getting the right person? But but anyways, he was mega famous. <laughs> yeah, he, he was. was super famous. And uh, w- the controversy that happened that got him banned from a country mm. is Korea has mandatory military service for all male mm-hmm. from, I think the age is from 18 till 30 or something like that there's mm-hmm. like an age range where you have to go to the army in and he made a big deal saying oh i'm gonna do it it's gonna be great <laughs> but the last second he since he was born in america he was an american citizen he had a dual citizenship while he was performing at the last second he uh renounced or relinquished his 
his Korean citizenship oh, so that he wouldn't be obligated to really? go to the military. I did not know that part. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's how he got out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, other celebrities have done some crazy things, but he, he just said, I'm no longer a Korean citizen. Wow. And so Korea as a country got so upset and they felt so betrayed that the entire country said, <laughs> you can no longer come here. Oh, gosh. So at, at the time when you were living at his parents' uh-huh, house, uh-huh. this was after he got banned, right? Yes, because he was already in the States. He was, okay, yeah. he was in the States. Yeah, he was living around, I'm not sure where he lived, but he mm. lived around his parents because he, he would come sometimes because mm. they had a family prayer gathering some, mm. sometimes. Mm. Um, so he would come to those. Wow. Did, did you ever talk to him? Yeah, he was cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was like showing me his car. He's like, oh, look, my car is so cool. <laughs> like, it was an Escalade, but he had like a what do you call it remote starter uh, for the car uh-huh, and I was like uh-huh. oh look so cool <laughs> like this 10 year old kid oh like, yeah and when was it, wait when was this what year was this this was uh, oh my gosh I don't know so if you um, were in 6th grade you graduated college what 14 uh huh 6th grade 10th grade is when I graduated high school so 2004 Four? Right, 2003, Three? 2004-ish, uh-huh. right? I Three, see. four. Okay. So, yeah, back then, remote start yeah. cars weren't that. Yeah. And Escalades were super popular. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're <laughs> nice. This was, it was a nice car. Mm. Was it ever, like, awkward when he was around? Because, obviously, the family knows that he got banned from their mm-hmm. home country, right? Uh, I don't think there was any... I didn't, well, I didn't feel anything. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But... Actually, but then the thing is, I didn't stay that that long. I didn't stay there for the whole year. I didn't oh. tell you this last time. Okay. Because I forgot. <laughs> Where'd you go? Um, so, um, well, uh, well, before that, though, uh-huh. how did you even get connected to that family? Um, again, I could be making this up, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, so my best friend's dad is a pastor mm. or a missionary that has a lot of connections, you know, in Brazil and mm. America. And um, he somehow knew the parents because they are very involved in church, I think. Mm. And so that's how I got connected to I see. them, I think. Uh-huh. But I'm not sure. I see. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. if they're having prayer meetings at home, then. Right. Yeah. I, I guess. See. Yeah. Okay. So what, what fa- other family that you um, to? So what happened was that up to that point in my life, mm. I had never slept by myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I always slept either with my mom and then with my brother. Uh-huh. So getting there uh, in that house, you know, I, I had this like room that was literally empty with, I don't know if it was a mattress or just blankets on the ground for uh-huh. me to sleep, a computer and a giant uh, closet that was just, you know, that those closets that are just mirror, like oh. a giant mirror door. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I was in this room and I could not sleep because I was so scared. Uh, and every night I would just, you know, fight, my, you know, and just w- sleep with the lights on and right. stuff like that. Uh, and then one day uh, I was video chatting with my mom. Uh-huh. It was like MSN video. Right. Know? Yeah. Um, and it was raining and I started like bawling. I was like, crying because oh. I was so scared. Uh-huh. And then that night my mom uh, called her best friend which mm. who lives in LA mm-hmm. to come pick me up and take me to her house mm. and so I moved to her house and I lived there for the rest of the time I think it was three months in this four months in this house and the rest in this other house mm. um, but it was crazy because it was her and her daughter living 
in this one bedroom apartment. Mm. So they would share the room, but then because I came, I shared the room with the daughter mm. and mom slept in the living room for that whole year. Oh wow. Yeah, I was just on the ground. Wow. Was it better when you went there? Yeah, it was because I was very comfortable with them. You know, I'd oh, grown up you... with her and she's mm. almost like, you know, my cousin. Mm -hmm. And so um I guess I just didn't go there in the first time. Right. place because it was uncomfortable you know right. just to but i ended up staying there um, oh i see yeah yeah and i'm sure the transition from brazil to america didn't help with your mm -hmm. whole sleeping situation and all yes that. oh wow it was awful wow mm -hmm. <laughs> so then that tr transition wasn't that great but mm -hmm. what about the second time around when you came back for for college uh -huh. so the second time around it was a little better because this time i understood english um mm. and i could kind of speak it Wait, so the, the first time you came, you knew zero English, right? I knew zero English, And yeah. you just picked up the language within that one-year time frame? I think so. I'm not mm. sure. Like, I, I mean, I must have some, right, right. at least. Because right. I'm sure by the end of the year, I was kind of understanding what they were saying. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, that's, I think that was the hardest thing for me, just mm. not understanding yeah. and not being able to communicate. Right. Um, but this time around, you know, I had i understood english mm. i could communicate i could mm -hmm. talk you know it sucks to be alone but i feel like i was like determined to like oh i'm gonna you know make friends mm. and and for me specifically i was like i'm gonna make american friends right right <laughs> yeah because i was like oh, i'm not gonna just hang out with korean people like i did <laughs> growing up oh, like caucasian friends you wanted yes i wanted caucasian friends mm. because um growing up you know it was very separate like my church friends are all korean and then mm. my school friends were all brazilian mm. but then i feel like i never really hung out with the brazilian friends outside of school mm. maybe sometimes towards the end but then usually i'll be hanging out with my korean friends right right so i was like oh, maybe i should try something different mm. but um it didn't happen that way <laughs> <laughs> right so what 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 did happen how did you get plugged into the kind of korean american community here um, so what happened was I was, you know, on my way to making Caucasian friends, mm -hmm. you know, first week, um, I even went around like, you know, they had like rush, uh, for the uh, fraternities. fraternities. Yeah. I went around just to check it out. What was happening? You know, it's what you see in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, but ended up, um, going into BCM, which is Baptist. Okay. BCM Christian Ministries. I don't know. Okay. BCM. It's okay. a yeah. Is that the don't do they have the building on? They uh, do have the building right next to the freshman doors dorms. Right. 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 Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh huh. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. And so I ended up going in there, making some friends. Um, they invited me out to you know go to church with them mm -hmm. and like hang out with them. And so I made some friends there, mm -hmm. uh, and I was hanging out with them, you mm -hmm. know. And I think second week or first week. One of those, um, going through the main connector place, you know, like between student center and the library, that big. Uh, Skiles walkway. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, the Koreans had their table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, hey, you want Korean food? And mm. I was like, sure. Right. Because I kind of missed it. I was like, I'm just going to eat some and, you know, mm. we'll be fine. Yeah. But I ended up um, staying. Uh -huh. and, and that was, <clears throat> which ministry was that with? Uh, it was a campus ministry. I don't know if I should 
say the name, should I? Oh, do you not want to? I don't know. It doesn't matter. No, not to me. <laughs> oh, it's like uh, Crusade, Campus Crusade for Christ. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if like, mm, I... No. <laughs> no, I see, I see. Well, yeah. Um. So then uh, another question I didn't ask you mm-hmm. last time is, were there any culture shocks that you experienced? So you revealed that the school system, the school calendar, uh-huh. that was awkward. Yes, but it was really awkward. other than that, were there any other culture shocks you experienced? Uh, a few that I can think of. One of them was, this was when I was in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know when um, someone greets, when a guy greets another guy from mm-hmm. afar, mm-hmm. they kind of do this like head, oh, like, like like a what's up kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. For me, I didn't know that's what that meant. Uh-huh. But it, so it kind of like in my, in Brazil, mm-hmm. when you, if you do that, it kind of looks like what you're looking at. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Instead of like, what's up? Yeah. So it was really weird to me. I mean, I figured it, they weren't saying that to me, <laughs> but it was weird because uh-huh. everyone kept doing that. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> you kind of took it offensively a little kind bit? Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, that. Another one was tipping culture i still don't oh, understand oh yeah i still don't understand i so, mean tipping servers i kind of understand uh-huh. but i don't understand when you're supposed to tip and when you're not yeah. for a service yeah. because i'm already paying you for the service right like a haircut uh-huh. like i'm paying for the haircut yeah but then i have to tip you for my haircut <laughs> yeah. like a taxi i'm paying you to drive me but then i have to tip you you know yeah. and so yeah everything i don't know when you have to when you don't mm-hmm. uh and so it's hard for me because I end up tipping too much, I think, mm. like in places that I shouldn't. Yeah. Now I'm kind of stopping. Yeah. But then like, yeah. You know, even that kind of confuses me too. Uh-huh. When I go to, so traditionally, like, for example, drinks, right? Mm-hmm. When you're, when you go to a place to get, not like alcohol drinks, but uh-huh. like bubble tea or uh-huh. like smoothies or something, uh-huh. you don't really tip. I, I don't think right. you really tip, right? But nowadays. Oh, shoot, you do. Yeah, you're right. Nowadays, they, they, Flash that yeah. like, screen at you and say, well, and they how much make do you, you want to yeah. tip? Yeah. So is it okay to say no tip? Or do you have to tip? I feel awkward saying no tip. Right? So I almost feel like they're forcing me to tip. Yeah. Which yeah. they do. You know, I tip. Yeah. You're right. I end up tipping. It's I do too. But I there are times where I, I'll do no tip if I know mm-hmm. I'm just taking it and mm-hmm. leaving. Mm-hmm. But if I know I'm staying <laughs> there, I'll... Yeah. But then if you do no tip, you have to go to the end of the screen like... Like skip the uh, receipt and everything, and then turn it back so yeah. that it's back to the original screen. Oh, right. yeah, so they don't see that. You're yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Other than it's, that, and you know, one other thing, I actually got culture shock from this. Mm-hmm. When Shirley and I got married, yes, almost all the vendors you have to tip, which is yeah, it's weird because yeah. again, you're paying for their services. Right. Yeah, I don't understand. But you have to tip on top of that. It's tipping culture. Yeah, it's it's weird. It is weird. If anyone out there understands it, please explain, explain. it to us. Yeah, please send an email. Because <laughs> that's, yeah, that's weird. So um, uh, another question. Because mm-hmm. um, the first time you came to the States, uh-huh. going to LA makes sense to me, uh-huh. right? Because it's, yeah. it's LA, Los Angeles. There's right. a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. America is, de- is depicted as LA, right? Uh-huh. But when you when time came for you to choose a college, yes. you came to Georgia. Yes, I of did. Of all places. I did. Um, so why... What drew you here to Georgia or Georgia Tech? Uh, really is because I didn't get into MIT. Oh, <laughs> I see. So that was really the school I wanted to go to. Uh-huh. But they didn't want another regular Asian kid. 
I'm, I'm convinced. Uh, uh. So, because d- during the interview, because uh-huh. um, they have an interview process, right. I guess. Um, yeah, the guy was asking me questions, and the last question he asked me was, um, so what's the craziest thing you've ever done? Mm. And I didn't have an answer for him. Oh. I was like, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never done anything crazy. <laughs> and so his response was kind of like, I didn't, he didn't say this exactly, but it was along the lines of, oh, so you're just another you know, kid, good kid that got good mm. grades, which, you know, the college motto is like, they're trying to find someone who stands out, I guess. Right. And, you know, everyone gets good, good grades. He's right. Mm. So, so I didn't get in. So you just really wanted to go to a technology school. Yeah, I just wanted to get into a good school. Mm. Honestly, it comes down to, because you don't know anything, yeah. from, especially from Brazil. Uh-huh. Um, all you can know is what rankings. Uh-huh. So Georgia Tech was ranked, what, fifth, I think, in the nation for s- my major. I see. And so I just chose that one mm. over the other ones. Oh, wow. So it was just, and did was you know anything numbers. about Georgia? <laughs> I didn't know I knew nothing. <laughs> Were you expecting it to be kind of like L.A.? I don't know. Actually, I don't know what I was expecting. I don't remember that. Mm. But it's funny that um, that person that I lived with in LA, mm-hmm. my, I guess, quote unquote cousin. Mm-hmm. And she was in Georgia. Oh, okay. <laughs> she was in Savannah, uh, in SCAD. SCAD. Yeah, oh, she was in SCAD. okay. So th- that probably made you feel a little better too, right? Yes. I think that made my parents feel a little better. Oh, okay. I gotcha. I don't know. Maybe not, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, so it was just purely just what you wanted to do, uh, which was, you studied civil engineering, Yes, right? I did. And you looked at the ranking. MIT yeah. was probably number one whatever mm-hmm. and then i think mit was lower than tech oh really but, it's more prestigious you know the name yeah <laughs> i'm korean i'm still <laughs> korean <laughs> i still think yeah sure tech is better but uh <laughs> um yeah so i see and, and so you you studied at georgia tech and you dated and got married pretty early right i did um so how did that come about because the person that you ended up dating wasn't even a student at georgia tech uh, she wasn't. Yeah. So she was a fifth year at UGA because mm-hmm. she had transferred from UC Irvine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was serving um, with this campus ministry. Mm-hmm. She was helping pioneer the ministry because they were just starting in Georgia. Mm. And she was helping them because she was doing it in Irvine. And then she came. She knew the people. And so my freshman year uh, was when I met her. Mm-hmm. So she's four years older than me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I met her the first week or two or second week. I don't mm-hmm. know. And then became friends and then started dating. And we're here now. <laughs> <laughs> so she, did she grow up in LA? No, she, I think she was born in LA. Mm-hmm. I should know this. But, <laughs> and then she came here when she was three, I think. Okay. And then she grew up in Marietta. I see. Okay. To, that's yeah. right. That's right. Because I was, hope. it would have been cool if you guys were in LA at the same time when you were here for, or you mm-hmm, were there mm-hmm, for, mm-hmm. yeah. So okay, yeah. never mind. Yeah. Okay. I see. So yeah, you, you met Blair. Uh-huh. Um, she started, because she was here helping out with KC3. Yes. Um, and how did you, because does that, well, does helping out mean that she came every week or was she only yeah. here for like the first few? No, she came every week. Oh yeah. wow! She came every like twice a week, I think. Oh wow! Yeah, she would That's come every week. That's kind of dry. Yeah, from Athens. Yeah, like hour, hour and a half, depending on. Traffic. Yeah, depending on the day, I uh-huh. guess. Yeah, uh-huh. if it was like a Thursday night or some 
Thursday. So she would come Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. um, and then I guess she would come Sundays for church. Mm. So she would come wow. a lot. Yeah. So you guys saw each other a lot. Mm-hmm. How, how did that happen? Like, was it just purely you guys hung out all together, or was there moments where you guys were just kind of by yourselves? Uh, mostly it was around uh, people, mm. like with big groups. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the only couple times that it was just by ourselves is when she was giving me rides because mm. I didn't have a car nor right. did I have a license. Right. I had nothing. <laughs> I was just, I was just <laughs> walking around. <laughs> so really, that's how it started. Like she uh, just looked at me as this poor Tongzheng that needed help. So for for the people out there, because you mentioned uh-huh. you guys are four years apart. She's yes. four years older. Uh-huh. Oh, fun fact. The age difference between you and Blair uh-huh. is almost exactly the same as the age difference between me and Shirley. Yes. Because you and Shirley, your birthdays are in a few, uh-huh. yeah, few weeks apart. Yes. Me and Blair, our birthdays yes. are like a few, few weeks uh-huh. apart. So <laughs> me as a guy approaching someone younger uh-huh. isn't as intimidating as approaching someone older. Uh-huh. Did Correct. you have any of those fears or intimidations? Uh no, because I think I was just approaching it as in that kind of really not I wasn't directly approaching her as, you know, hey, you want to date me? Mm. I was just like trying to get to know her. And yeah, I don't think because I didn't have those intentions initially, I mm. think it wasn't intimidating. I see. But I'm sure as you guys were getting closer, uh-huh. you started developing feelings, right? Uh-huh. As those feelings were developing, you didn't have any sort of, oh, shoot she might what if she doesn't see me as a guy but more of a tongzang which mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. in korean means right like literally younger brother right? uh-huh. but you didn't have any of those kind of views? i'm sure i did but honestly i don't remember uh um yeah i might have probably <laughs> i probably uh-huh. but i did grow up a lot with mostly nunaders or older what do you call it older girls so do not at our church or yeah, like, d- the direct translation is older sister, but uh-huh. we use it for just anyone older that's kind of close. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. F- girls. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so my church didn't have any girls my age. I don't think, I think we had zero girls oh, wow. my age. Maybe one. But they're mo- all kind of Blair's age. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so you were kind of comfortable. So I kind of, yeah, comfortable growing up with them. And tr- like, you know. I see, I see. Hanging out with them. Oh, wow. Okay, so then... Uh, Moving forward, right? Because mm-hmm. you guys were dating. You know, actually, another question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This this might this is actually a controversial question. Okay. So, if you you can say it, you don't want to answer if you don't want to. Okay. <laughs> but I was a part of KC three for a little bit too when uh-huh. I was at mm-hmm. Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. and I know the it's not really a rule, but they strongly discourage underclassmen from dating. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, when you started dating Blair, weren't you still an underclassman? I was. So was there, was there any sort of like weird looks from other people in the ministry or mm-hmm. anything like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, but um, the way we went about it was, um, I think, instead of just doing both, mm-hmm. you know, dating and doing the ministry, because, mm-hmm. you know, the rule was don't date, you know, mm-hmm. until you're older. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose to disciple people outside of the ministry. So we just, you know, talked I to see. the leaders and mm-hmm. we came to the conclusion, look, we're dating. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we understand the rule. Mm. So I don't think I should serve here. Uh, Blair was graduating anyways, uh-huh. and I. So it was really for me to make the decision of okay, do I want to do campus ministry, which is really learning how to disciple yeah. and discipling other people. Um, but for me, I don't know if it's because I grew up at church, but for me, it was like, oh, I, there are other ways I can disciple people. Right. And so um, I think that's the decision that we made. All right. Together. So so the rule was for the people serving in the ministry. Yeah. That, I see. I see. Mm-hmm. So. But inevitably, if you're going out, you end up being a servant. So by the second or third year, mm. second year, you become a servant leader. So you disciple people. Mm. So if you're a leader... Right. Then you're supposed to, I guess. I see. Until oh. the fourth, third, fourth year? I'm not sure. So you, you chose love instead yes, of... I did. <laughs> I did. I see. No, it's the right choice. You, got, you ended up marrying her. Yeah, I know. That's I what I tell myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Okay. So um, then other than that, mm-hmm. I know uh, Blair kind of touched on this. Actually, I actually want Blair on the podcast as mm-hmm. soon as well. So I'll, yes. I'll let her tell her side of it because yeah. I heard a little bit of uh-huh. that last time but were there any kind of social like societal challenges that you feel like you had to overcome with the age gap mm-hmm. other than what we uh, talked about for me i don't think so mm-hmm. i never felt um yeah never felt anything it, that's thing. it's and it's mostly just a korean thing right more Probably. than american or i don't know is it i um, feel like american people don't care well, I'm not American, so I'm not sure. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, in pop culture, you know uh, Ashton Kutcher? Yes. You know who that is? He married Demi Moore, who was, like, 20 years older than oh, him. Oh, okay, see, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, I don't, yeah, I, I guess it, it might be just more of a Korean culture thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Anyone out there knows? Let I us know. know. Yeah, no, 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 it's an American thing, too. Is it? Because they have a name for older girls that... Oh, like Cougar. Yeah. Oh. Uh, see? Oh, interesting. That's a thing. That is a thing, I guess. <laughs> huh. Yeah. I'll. You know what? I'll ask Blair uh, if she felt any pressures as a quote-unquote cougar. <laughs> 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 okay. Um. So, you guys dated mm-hmm. uh, from when you were second year in college uh-huh. uh, until like a year or two after you graduated, right? Mm-hmm. And then you you got married. Yes. So, what? Well, how old were you when you got married? Twenty-two. Yeah, turning so twenty-three. That's relatively early. It's very early. Yeah. <laughs> it's extremely early. <laughs> so how did you decide to, at such an early age, propose, get married, and the whole shebang? Mm, how did I decide? I think it was just, uh, it was going to happen anyways. Mm. So I don't know. I don't. I guess I'd, there was no reason for us to prolong it too much. Mm. And... To be completely honest, also thinking about like her age, since she is four years older than me, then if I had waited, what, three, four or more years, then mm-hmm. I felt like if she got married when she was, what, 30 or some 30 something, mm-hmm. and then had more than one kid, we just felt like it would be more difficult. Right. Yeah. 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 So, and so you, right now, you are 27? Yes. And your oldest kid is three, three years old. Mm-hmm. Right. So, by the time, if you're doing the math, by the time you have sent all your kids to college, mm-hmm. you'll probably still be, at most, your late 40s, right? Yes. Yeah. So that, that's a good age to, to yeah. be an empty nester. It's great age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Start something new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I see. So, no, that's that's interesting. It was 
uh, combination of just it's going to happen anyways and also yeah. a little bit of age yeah. consideration. Yeah. I see. But, you know, nowadays, uh-huh. I feel like girls getting married at like 30, mm-hmm. it's not that uncommon. It's right? not. You're right. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon. But, but did you still kind of already have a thought that that was too late? Maybe. Maybe I had a pre conception in my mind that right. that was too late uh-huh. um and honestly like just looking back now or from hind- like hindsight mm-hmm. i feel like it would have been harder just body wise like you know mm-hmm. your body just gets more tired yeah yeah <laughs> you know i'm yes. glad that i'm a young dad because mm-hmm. i can you know run around and play with him right and her uh eli and zoe but then i feel like if i was a lot older mm-hmm. it would be difficult i see i don't know and are you guys done with uh, two kids? Ah, uh, yes. You're yeah. for sure done? Yeah, unless, you know, the Holy Spirit conceives <laughs> her. <laughs> I see. So, okay, gotcha. Oh, okay. Now, moving on from uh, from that to kind of your career. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are a structural engineer, right? I am, yes. And is that related to civil engineering? Uh, it's a branch of civil engineering. Okay, yeah. so, so you did end up kind of going into the field that you studied. Yeah, I did. Mm. Yeah. So if you, the civil engineering is a big major, but then when you go in, there is, uh, you can do structural engineering or geotechnical engineering, which mm-hmm. is like soils and, you know, or you can do hydro. You know, like there's a lot of little branches in civil engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, structure is one of them. I see. Fun fact, uh, you are co-workers with my wife. I am. At, at the same firm. She got me the job. <laughs> that's right. That's what she introduced <laughs> you, right? Yeah, that's right. Did. Yeah. And so and that's your day job, right? From, uh, eight to four the way Mm -hmm. that you work and you also have pretty much two other jobs right on the weekends yes yeah so how did how did those kind of come about Uh, how did they come about yeah all of them well let's talk about the worship director position first yeah um that came about because um i used to lead worship in brazil Mm. um, at my church in brazil and then when i came here and i started dating Blair and then we decided that we were going to go to a Korean church together mm-hmm. we came to Han Vision and can I ask you yes. how, did, how did you end up at Han Vision because Han Vision is very far from yes, Georgia Tech it is um, interesting story I think um, the first so end of my freshman year summer mm-hmm. I went to Brazil and I think that's when Blair came to visit, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> oh wow, we should ask her about the story. Okay. But <laughs> and it, she came uh, uh-huh. to visit um, because it was her graduation, and I guess that was her graduation mm-hmm. gift to go to Brazil. Mm-hmm. So she came to visit, and long story short, we like going back to my old church and her being there. We just felt like we wanted to invest, you know, in the next generation mm-hmm. of students because we were going to victory road church when okay. i was here mm-hmm. and it was just you know you just go service and you just leave it's a there's, huge church yeah there's yeah. not many interactions like you don't i don't know i just felt like i wasn't very plugged in right. and i wasn't investing in anything you know like right. it was just and so we decided we're gonna go to korean church came back um first week back or second week blair had to get a haircut mm-hmm. and so we went to her hairdresser who happens to be uh going to Han Vision. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Irene. I don't know if you know. Do you know Irene and Danny? And Dan- yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So 
Irene was her hairdresser, oh. which is a, another crazy story on its own because uh-huh. you know, for some reason she ended up being her hairdresser. Oh wow! So we're having a conversation that day, and we're telling her about Brazil, uh-huh. and we're like, yeah, we kind of feel like we should go to a Korean church. We're mm. just gonna start looking, and she's like, oh, you should come to my church. My church is awesome. Uh-huh. Like, you know, and. It's funny because we we wanted to go to a more established, like bigger EM kind of church, mm-hmm. just because we didn't want to just be the leaders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we I want we wanted to you know be under someone, be discipled. Right. Um, and we're like, oh, how many people go there? And then she like started naming people. You know, mm-hmm. like, me, Danny. I was like, oh my gosh, okay, there's like ten people there. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think so, but uh-huh. I guess we'll check it out if we have time. Uh-huh. And so that Sunday. We ended up check, like we had plans to check it out and then go somewhere else after. So mm-hmm. we were gonna check out two churches, mm-hmm. um, but we went and the pastor. The message was it just blew us away. Mm-hmm. We were like, okay. Um, my mind was set. Mm-hmm. I don't, but Blair still kind of was thinking about it. But I was like, oh, I don't need to look anymore. <laughs> but we came back for a Bible study or something. I'm not sure what happened immediately after, but. Um, the next week we were back and mm. that was it. You know, the next week they were like, Hey, we need a drummer. Do mm. you want to play? Uh-huh. I was like, okay. And so I joined the praise team second week <laughs> and wow. we were, um, doing that. Uh-huh. She was Blair got plugged into the children's ministry right away. And mm. she was helping the pastor as a assistant pastor. I'm not sure what she was, but mm-hmm. she was serving in the children's ministry. Uh-huh. And that winter, we went to Korea. Again, she went with her family. I went with my family, just mm. coincidentally. We ended up all in Korea. And that winter, things happened at our church, and the pastor ended up leaving. Oh. And so when we came back, the church was pastorless because he was the EM pastor, the youth pastor, the children's pastor. He did everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. He oh. was, and he was the worship leader. Wow. <laughs> like okay. he did everything. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he left. And so. Like I said before, there were like only like 15 people in the EM Mm. and the rest was youth, you know, but there were like 90 youth kids at that time. Wow. A lot. Mm. They all left. Mm. Uh, All the youth kids left. Um, Most of the EM people left. And yeah, um, it was just, we were just there and like, okay, well, there's no one left. So Mm. uh, you lead worship and you do children's kind of thing. Oh yeah. wow! So that's how you got assigned the worship leader, mm-hmm. worship director role. And well, I guess worship. I don't know what that means. Director and mm-hmm. leader. I guess the same thing. I guess yeah. Well, I th- so I think of you uh-huh. more as a worship director mm-hmm. because you're not just leading one team, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're like discipling and leading. I guess at the time, then yes, just mm-hmm. worship leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then is that so? That's when Blair became children's pastor. She, that's when she did children's for a little bit until mm. we got a KM, like a Korean older lady to be children's pastor. I see. And so we had a couple of children's pastors until we decided, okay, um, after the last one left, we just asked Blair to do it. Mm. They asked Blair to do it. And then, yeah, because she became a children's pastor, what, like is it two three years? years ago? Because that was, yeah, Eli was not born yet, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's around then. And so, from then on, you were just leading worship mm-hmm. every week. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much. And then when did? So this was 
what year was this when you became the worship leader? Mm, 2011 or 12. Mm. Yeah, 11, I think. Beginning of 2011. I see. Yeah. And then you became youth pastor. Yes. What, only a few years ago, right? The three yes. years ago? Yes. I think that was like two years ago. Oh, I remember I'm not sure. I'm really you becoming youth pastor and Blair becoming children's pastor relatively. Yeah, yeah, at she, the same time. yeah, she did. She became children's pastor first, mm-hmm. and then they asked me to do it. I see. A couple months later, I think maybe mm-hmm. a year later. It was very close in time. Yeah. Uh, so, how? So you again? You have mm-hmm. like three big jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at a church, usually the pastor. Being the worship leader, it's not unless it's a very small church, which which your church is not. It's it's not very common, right? So how do you juggle all three of these jobs? Um, I don't hardly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the first job, the main, you know, the week job yeah. is just there because. If there's no juggling, it, that's it's what it is. You know, right. eight to four is my hours, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. And so after my time there at four, I come to I come home. It's four thirty. Between four thirty till seven ish is my time with my kids. Yeah, and then we put them to sleep. That and then you know, seven thirty eight ish is my time with Blair mm. until you know ten or eleven. Mm. So Friday, Saturday, Sundays, I'm at church, pretty oh. much. So Friday, I go to church. It's I leave home at what, five thirty. So I don't oh, really, wow. yeah. It's just work and then church right away. Yeah. And then Saturday, I'm at church from. It was usually from two to like six ish, mm. and then Sundays, you know, all day until oh. like two p.m. from the morning. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's juggling is the right word. I think it's just uh, every everything has its own time slots. Mm. Um, the hard part becomes um, with the youth ministry. I yeah. feel like I should be doing a better job of uh, meeting up with people separate, mm. like outside of my time on Friday, because it's impossible, you know, for me to connect with all of them on a Friday night, right? Which is our youth service. Yeah. Yeah, but if I want to do that, then I'm sacrificing my time with Your family. my family mm-hmm. because, you know, it's not like every day I'm just like coming home, eating dinner and then spend time with Blair. You know, yeah. usually I'll have, uh, you know, one day will be discipleship. One day I'll just meet someone. So it end up, ends up being one or two days with Blair, mm-hmm. really. And so to add student meeting in that time and just feel like then I'm literally not spending any time with Blair mm. or quality time. I'm, you know, we're in the same space, you know, Yeah. but we're so busy when it's like between four to seven, we're just like playing with the kids or like figuring out what they want. And she's making dinner while I'm, you know, trying to take care of them. Right. And so, um, yeah, it's hard. I think it, it's hard. Mm. Um, I feel like I'm not doing a good job. <laughs> no, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. Uh, so it's, there's always something that I guess because you don't have infinite time, right? Right. So there's, I'm sure there's always going to be, I wish I could do this more. But yeah. So I think it's just, just at the end of the day for me, it became, man, if I'm a good, for me, it almost feels like, man, if I'm a good 
youth director, then I feel like I'm being a good, a bad dad and mm. husband. But if I'm trying to be a good dad and husband, I feel like I'm being a, a crappy youth director right. because you know, if I were not the youth director and I was looking at this person, I would be like, well, what is he? Why is he not meeting up with people? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would be yeah. thinking that. So, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's. I, I think it's just facts of life. Sometimes where we're given the cards, we're dealt the cards that we we have, and kind of just yeah. do best that we can with them, right? Yeah. And so I'm sure no one like blames you or is upset with you, right? <laughs> Not explicitly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't heard anything from Pastor Joe, so I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, he's more of a go with the flow kind of guy. <laughs> I see. So yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I guess the answer to the question then is it's very difficult to do all those things. Mm -hmm. Do you see yourself? Do you kind of have a timeline for how much longer you you'll be doing this, or are you, is it just mm -hmm. indefinitely until? No, I I don't have any timeline. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, ideally, honestly, for me, it would be if I could do ministry full time, and mm -hmm. but I don't think that's a uh, realistic, mm -hmm. honestly. Cause, I mean, because, I mean, you have I mean, to provide yeah, for your family. Mm -hmm. um, do you, but do you not get a salary from church? Right now I do, mm. uh, but that would not be enough to do anything. I, <laughs> <laughs> I see, I see. Because, yeah, Korean yeah. churches uh, don't really always have a lot of funding for for EM and youth and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Sadly. Sadly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand that, but... Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, which is fine, you know. Yeah, I have my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see. But that's that's the thing. That's why I, I feel like it'd be hard for me to just go full time ministry because I would just look around and everyone else who is doing full time ministry is also having to get another job, anyways. Right. And right. so, might as well keep mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No sense in getting yeah, rid of yeah. it. Yeah. There's no point. I see. Oh, that's that's very insightful. Hmm. Okay, so then I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about. Your music side. Mm -hmm. So one thing about our previous recording that I really like, mm -hmm. and I'm kind of sad that mm -hmm. we we kind of scrapped it, mm -hmm. is the fact that we actually recorded in your space, right? Your basement. Mm -hmm. That um, man, when I so you weren't feeling well, so I actually went to your house that mm -hmm. day mm -hmm. with kind of my portable setup. Mm -hmm. But that was the first time I saw your basement in a long time, mm -hmm. and it was it's like completely decked out. Mm -hmm. You have this huge monitor with all this like music equipment, all these mics. Uh -huh. You have the what's the, what are those black like foam things? Uh, sound absorbers. Sound absorbers mm -hmm. like all over the place. Mm -hmm. It looked like a legit like recording studio. So you obviously are uh, very musically talented as a worship leader, worship director. Mm -hmm. um, but do you? do other stuff outside of the worship realm that's music related uh, i do uh it's been a hobby of mine mm -hmm. since i guess since freshman year of college or a little bit before that mm -hmm. but i enjoy uh, messing with like recording mm -hmm. and mixing and all that with the music side yeah and i have to mention that two of my previous guests have mm -hmm. mentioned you as mm -hmm. kind of their music mixers <laughs> first was lydia yoon because uh -huh. you mixed her EP, yes, right, and her song "심장이 uh, 심장이 yes, right. So uh -huh. what? Oh, and and the second guest I mentioned you was Edward uh, Captivated, Edward oh. Sun. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and he just mentioned he kind of threw out there, oh, I don't release new music because I don't want to have to mix it 
maybe I'll ask David to do it. So he, you're kind of known as a guy who mixes music. Mm-hmm. Can you explain a little bit what mixing music is? Because John Song explained it to me, but yeah. I, I still don't really get it. Okay. I feel like he did a good job. but um, I, using, I just have a hard time understanding a lot so of So using his analogy, mm-hmm. right? Mixing would be... Um, so he's making an analogy of a cake, right? Yeah. So you're given the ingredients of a cake. So mm-hmm. say you go to the grocery store, you have to make cake. You buy flour, sugar, uh, what chocolate, strawberries, butter. Butter. Yeah. I don't know what else goes in. Egg. Egg. <laughs> water. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so you have all this in your beautiful island, uh-huh. right? But then mixing would be putting the right amount of each ingredient into this bowl. Mm, Does that interesting. Make sense? So you can't just throw everything in there. Mm. You have to put the right amount of everything so that you can make this final product. Huh. So uh, in a musical, in a way to visualize the musical side of it is say at church, you have seen the mixers, right? Yeah. yeah. All the fade, like all the volume knob thingies. Right. Uh, when each instrument plays, like the mic singing, the guitar and the piano, mm-hmm. you don't just put them all in the same place, volume-wise. Mm. You kind of mix it, right? You mix it. You put everything in the right volume so that you can hear everything clearly. Uh, so that's what mixing is, really. I see. You're balancing out the volume of everything and the like side panning of left and right mm. and adding effects and cleaning things up so that you can clearly hear the music as it's intended to be heard. I see. And then the mastering is taking all that as it is and then making it radio ready. Oh, wow. So you you just do the mixing part, right? Mostly, yes. Do you dabble in mastering? Uh, or is it's that- hard to say because even mixing and mastering, everything for me just came from like self learning mm, you know like just yeah. watching endless youtube videos reading books and like things like that uh-huh. that i can't really say i don't but mastering in itself it's a different process i see so really i think the most critical part of mastering is that after you're mixing someone else is listening to what you did mm. different pair of ears you know because you already heard this a million times so even if i hear it again i can't master it because I see. I hear the same thing I've heard. You know right, what I'm saying? But then right. when someone else is hear, hearing it, it's like, okay, like this is standing out. I need to kill this a little bit. I, mm. You know, like they can kind of do the certain, like, you know, more, what do you call it? More fine tuning of it because uh-huh. they can hear it with different ears. Mm. What I, I see. Yeah. I see. So when you are mixing a song, mm-hmm. how long does the process usually take? So let's just take Lydia's, uh, t- is it the Together EP? Uh-huh. Yeah, let's take that, for example. Uh-huh. Um, how long did it take? There were, what, five songs in that EP? Yeah, I think so. Or is it six? I forget. But uh, Yeah, I think it was like five or six. So how, how long did that take? A long time. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you give us like a rough estimate per song, how, how long it took? Um, honestly, it's hard for me to give an estimate because I was doing mixing and editing at the same time. So editing is, you do it before mixing. So <laughs> editing is making sure all the tracks are in the right tempo. Like, mm. you know, you know, you can't play everything perfectly. Yeah. So I'm going through each note that oh. she played on the piano and making sure she played it in the right time, fixing like little things that are off, oh, wow. pitch every word that she's saying. Uh-huh. Um, and the recording process is like you 
there's something called overdubbing. So okay. you record one thing at a time. You don't, you can record everything at once, but uh, one way to do it is you record just the piano and then you record the voice. Mm -hmm. So you record the voice like 10 times mm. and then like kind of, you know, get the best takes. Mm. So listening through every take, like, Oh wow. So if, if a song is like four minutes long, you're listening to every take that's already, you know, like 20, minutes. 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah so, because I was doing that uh, along with mixing, uh, I can't tell you how long it took. But I feel like every so it took me a couple months for oh, me to wow. get it done, which I feel bad, you know, like because if I was just doing that, it uh -huh. shouldn't take that long. Uh -huh. But it was like you have your other. I have everything, but then like I'll come home and yeah. then I sit there for an hour or two, uh -huh. and the first twenty minutes is like remembering what I did yesterday, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and then like trying to yeah. pick up. But it was fun. Oh wow! Do you so you enjoy doing that kind of stuff? I, I love it. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, and you also she also came over and recorded in your space too, right? She did. Yeah. So then this is leads me to the most critical question that I have for you. Mm -hmm. um, I actually said this mm -hmm. direct statement during our last recording. Mm -hmm. You are probably one of the best vocalists that I know that have not mm -hmm. like released any of his own music. Mm -hmm. um, but you're always kind of in the background helping other people release their music. Is there a reason for that? I think there are many reasons for that. Um, yeah, there's so many reasons for that. Um, one reason is I don't think there is a clear purpose for me to release music mm. um, that is just adding like ran not random noise, but if I'm just redoing someone's song, mm. honestly, I am not better than the person. Like I. I know this for a fact that I'm, you know, I mean, listen to Hillsong. You know, like, if mm. I'm going to do a Hillsong song, right. like, you listen to, you can listen to Hillsong. Why, like, why am I, there, so there's, for me, there's this lack of purpose, mm. um, which would be fixed if I wrote my own songs. Mm -hmm. um, there is the aspect of, um, because it's mine, I end up not putting that much. So I record a lot of songs, but I end up just, like, doing it for fun. And I don't put that much effort into like making it real. You know what I mean? Mm. And it just becomes like a little, well, that was fun. And then mm. I move on to the next thing. Um, the, the pressure of completing it is not there. Yeah, it's not there at all. Mm. So I never complete any song. Mm. Um, and then another one that's pretty major, I think it's, yeah, like insecurities. Like I think mm. uh, being insecure in one side and the other side of me being a perfectionist i don't think i can ever look at my whatever i did and think oh this is good enough like i don't think there is ever a place where i can say that to myself mm. because yeah i don't i don't feel like it's that good honestly mm. at the end of the day when i listen to it and i'm like oh yeah i would not put this out there <laughs> because i don't think it's that good interesting and so um yeah, the insecurities, the judgment, I guess. Mm. Um, just because I know how judgment, judgmental I am, honestly. Mm. Um, combined with my lack of purpose and lack of uh, clear direction and vision. Because mm. if there isn't, then I'm just adding to the clutter. You know, I'm right. just like filling the space with more noise, which is, you know, 
there's that uh yeah there's a lot i feel like mm. do you but do you enjoy it though so the, let me start there do you enjoy writing music at all i do uh i just i enjoy it but i don't go out of my way to make time to do it mm. does it make sense I see. like i would it, you know there's a oh if you want something you would not sleep and do it right. but i want to sleep <laughs> i see because then i can't you know i can't do anything else to right it. right but is that mostly just because you are so busy with kind of everything that you already have to do or is it really a lack of i, I just don't have enough interest um if i had no job mm. <laughs> then yeah i would mm. Mm. but i think it's both i think i am I don't really have that much time mm. and the time that I have, I, then I would rather do something else. Like mm. either spend time with Blair and even if it's just like mixing stuff on the base, like maybe I end up just doing that because yeah. it's maybe because it feels more productive. You know what I mean? Than sitting with a pen and a guitar and trying yeah. to come up with something. Yeah. Maybe sometimes it doesn't feel that productive. So right. all my writing happens just spontaneously mm. when I'm driving or something mm. and just, I'll just make a voice memo. <laughs> so I have a lot of those. Uh, I see. You know, so the stance that I took when I first heard this mm -hmm. at our first recording was mm -hmm. just to push and say, man, you should make music because mm -hmm. you are super creative. You're very talented musically. I don't think anyone would deny that. Um, and you're, you're an excellent mm -hmm. worship leader. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. And again, I, I can find many people who would corroborate that statement as well. Um, so to me, it's just when I see someone so talented, um, I wonder, man, they should be doing more with it. Right. But I've been actually been thinking about this, mm -hmm. like, and I thought about it a lot and I said, well, does it make sense to just push him to do things that might not be productive because you clearly are using your talents mm -hmm. for a purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, leading worship. That's a great uh, way to utilize your talents. Mm -hmm. In fact, you led at a retreat recently mm -hmm. with, what, 400 people? Like 300. Well, it was 300 students, 350 students, right? So including... total, I think. Yeah. Oh, is it total? I think so. I'm I not sure. Oh. But I mean, either way, it's <laughs> a huge number of uh -huh. people that, that you led worship for. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, what do you think? What do, you, do you feel like you're already kind of utilizing your, your skill set enough? Or do you feel like you need to do more with it? Um, Sorry, this, uh, this is no, a no, no, random no. question. No, no, yeah. in there. Uh, I don't know what the word enough means. I feel mm. like, um, is there ever an enough? Mm. You know, if I've been, um, you know, because last time I said that I didn't think I was that good, mm. which is was one of the major major like uh, reasons for mm. me not to make music of my own. Mm. Uh, and I don't know. I feel like there is a part of me that feels like if you have something that you should use it to its full potential yeah. Yeah. i don't know what that looks like honestly i don't know if that looks like recording to me right, you know? um, right. maybe it doesn't maybe just for me it means leading worship because mm. um leading worship for me 
I put a lot of effort into that, like mm. into honing my craft. Yeah. Um, and I, I told you last time that I wasn't really good musically, right? Mm. Like that um, music, theoretically, I'm not very, like I don't really know anything. Mm. Like to be honest, like I don't know notes. I don't know how to read mm. like music. I don't know um, theory. I don't know anything, you know? Mm -hmm. But this is the part that I, you know, I feel like I had said it wrong is that, Yes, I don't know anything theoretically, but I do put a lot of effort into doing well what I know. Yeah, yeah. So, like I told you last time, I was like, oh, I only know like six chords. Yeah. That's all you need. <laughs> but really, that's all you need. And But I know them really well. Right, yeah. Um, so I don't want, I didn't want it to be sound like, oh, like, I suck and I, you know, I can't do anything. I just, I actually, I do put in my time in trying to do my best mm. because, um, it allows me to do it more freely mm. if I'm good at it or if I, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't have to think about the next chord or word that I'm going to sing. Right. I can actually lead worship. You know, I can actually be praying for mm. someone or looking and make, making eye contact with someone instead of looking at a sheet of paper. Yeah. Um, that being said, I don't know why I'm saying this, but um, to the question of am I doing enough, I don't know if there's an answer to that. I see. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, yeah, and, and it was just a... Uh, kind of food for thought type mm -hmm. of question just mm -hmm. to, so we can think about it because yeah. yeah like i thought i had a clear understanding of oh yeah everyone should be doing this mm -hmm. kind of um but after our conversation and when mm -hmm. i thought about it yeah it really made me question should i be pushing people to do things that they might not necessarily find value in mm -hmm. right um but that is to I, I say mm -hmm. this, um, mm -hmm. but on the other hand, I, I would love to see music that you release and mm -hmm. songs that you write because, mm -hmm. like I said, you clearly have a talent. Mm -hmm. uh, vocally, you're amazing. Guitar, you say you only know six chords, but from an outsider's perspective, mm -hmm. it looks like you know every chord because <laughs> you're... because yeah, I use a capo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> no, but you definitely... I'm very good at using the capo. <laughs> And you know you're you're really good at drums. You know it's not like, mm -hmm. yeah, you clearly have talent. Um, you clearly are excellent at your craft. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So whenever I see people like that, I always just say, oh yeah, you should. Mm -hmm. The world needs to know. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> let's show the world. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's it's still something that I'm struggling with. E even as we're talking right mm -hmm. now, I'm I'm still deciding should I push him to right. release music or should right. I not? I don't know. So what would be the purpose of me? uh recording a song mm. I, I think same purpose of this podcast mm -hmm. is there are stories to be told mm -hmm. whether it's your personal story mm -hmm. or a story regarding something else um, oh like I, writing a song yeah okay i can see I, yeah. yeah i can see a point in that yes mm. no but even um just recording a song uh -huh. i think there's a difference between hearing hillsong uh -huh. and hearing praise music from someone that i know oh really right because i don't know like if if I go to church mm -hmm. and they just put up a video mm -hmm. of Hillsong leading worship, mm -hmm. I, I don't feel like I'm worshiping as much as if there was someone I knew on the stage. But that's leading worship. Right, right. Mm. But then you'd still be hearing me. If it was a recording, it would just be the same, wouldn't it? I like, don't think so. Um, because it's if it's someone I know, because mm -hmm. like, I can't on demand ask you to lead me in worship. Right, I can't just call you up one day and say, "Hey, I feel like I'm in a worshipful mood. Can you just quickly lead me in worship?" 
Um, but if I were to have access to a song that you had recorded, mm -hmm. um, I think it would take me back to that worshipful moment that I was in during that worship session. Interesting. You know what I mean? So I, I think yeah. there is value. Oh, um, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Um, there's, I think there's more value mm -hmm. if like you were to release a song that you wrote because mm -hmm. it's like double, right? right? right. But I, I wouldn't say that there's no value mm -hmm. in you recording music either. Mm -hmm. and, and even if it's just to do it, you know, mm -hmm. just so you kind of get into the groove of the process of recording and mm -hmm. releasing music. So yeah, that I see a value in. I mm -hmm. feel like the ability to finish something and put it out there mm -hmm. uh, is something that I need to acquire. Because, mm -hmm. you know, that when you, I feel like when you f do the first one, you can kind of like get the groove and start doing it. Yeah. But just that first releasing something out into the world is just, um, again, there are insecurities. And honestly, part of me feels like um, I don't know if I, I don't know if any kind of attention would do well for my soul, to be honest. Oh, like that uh, temptation. Yeah, I, I, I do fear that uh, um. in my own heart, on my prideful heart. Mm, like, I, I don't know what any, like, even if one person, you know, to me, I don't know what that would do to my heart. Mm. And so there is some caution there too. Because, I see. Oh, that's very yeah, wise. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. Mm. And I struggle with that a lot. I struggle with social media a lot. Mm. Um, I don't really, I don't know if you know, but I don't really yeah. post anything. Yeah. Um, maybe my kids sometimes. Yeah. No, I think something funny. Everything I see of you, it's usually you're posting something about your kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know. I just find it hard to understand it. Mm. Like how much attention we are craving. I see. In general. Uh, why did, people need to know that i'm doing this mm. and honestly when it comes down to it is i want them to be jealous you know i want them to mm. see this why you know to mm. see that i'm doing well or to see that i'm having fun mm. i don't know that's it's a whole rabbit roll <laughs> rabbit hole, hole yeah that you know i would never stop if i go but you know um but just to kind of rebut that a little bit mm -hmm. I think there is something freeing mm -hmm. about seeing someone that is like you mm -hmm. doing something that um, hasn't been done before. So, mm -hmm. for example, mm -hmm. um, the reason I have this podcast, I would say there's a lot of influence from other podcasters mm -hmm. locally. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, like the KTL podcast right. or the Growing Family podcast mm -hmm. with uh, Andrew and Mimi. All very great, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those podcasts, I th like I heard mm -hmm. and I said, wow, if these guys can do it right. and they're in my local community, mm -hmm. what's stopping me from doing a podcast of my own? Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I think just being in a community of people who are willing to put themselves out there mm -hmm. um, and expect, express themselves creatively, uh -huh. there is a subconscious you know, permission that I receive right. to, to do the same. Mm -hmm. So I, I think there is that That's value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I think you are wise to uh, be cautious about the whole what it would do to your soul, like with pride and all that. Mm. So, yeah, but I, I would say, though, that there if you're thinking that you releasing music will add no value to anyone else, I think that's wrong. I think um, people will see, oh, wow, David, the guy that goes to my church, mm -hmm. like he can do it. Like what's mm -hmm. stopping me from doing it? Mm -hmm. And I could I think it could be freeing for a lot of people. And I think we need that in the Asian American community. There aren't many Asian American creators out there. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Wow. We are at uh, hour 15. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry yeah. to the listeners. Oh, it's no. funny because uh, the episode right before this, I actually mentioned how I'm trying to keep it under an, or at least like to an hour. <laughs> um, but man, there, there's just so much that we, we needed to cover. <laughs> so uh, lastly, before we sign off, um, I wanted to ask you, was there anything that we, we didn't cover that you, you wanted to talk about? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Or, I mean, we talked about a lot of things. I'm not sure. <laughs> we <laughs> did talk sure. about a lot of things. Uh, yeah, if, uh, if anything comes to your mind, uh, maybe you can make a surprise appearance when I record with Blair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. Th- that, that also, also is like, uh-huh. is feels like a waste because Blair did like end up stumbling into our recording right, session right. Uh-huh. last time. Uh-huh. We got to talk to her a little bit, yeah. which was really fun. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah. Anyways, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, David, for being here. Um, for, for the listeners, if you resonated with anything we talked about, if you had any questions, any comments, uh, any answers to the questions that we asked you guys, please feel <laughs> free to uh, transmit those questions to me via my email at ihthtpodcast. That's I hope they hear this abbreviated podcast at gmail.com or at Twitter, the same name, ihthtpodcast, or on Instagram at I hope they hear this. And look out for the video on YouTube uh, released, to be released on Wednesday following the release of the episode. Usually on Wednesdays. Okay. Uh, don't hold me to it. Um, but yeah, feel, feel free to subscribe and like and comment and all those things. And yeah, any questions or comments toward David, if you'd send them to me, I will make sure it gets to him. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being here so late and uh, yeah, being here amidst your hectic schedule and, and busy life. Thank you for having me twice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so thank you guys for listening once again, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.